Gospel of John, chapter 1. John, chapter 1. I'll begin reading in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but were born of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Let's bow together in prayer. Lord, we do thank you again that we have access to your written word that tells us about the coming of the word. And Lord, I pray that you would give us your heart and mind today as we look at these truths that we would be receptive to your Spirit's ministry in our life. And Lord, that we would know the personal application of these truths in our life, and then that we could see those truths lived out of our lives for your glory. Lord, none of that will happen unless it's your Spirit doing the ministry. And so we pause now because we acknowledge our dependence upon your Spirit. We have nothing in and of ourselves to accomplish your, your power and strength and glory, but we do rejoice that you who dwells in every believer is greater than he that is in the world, and that you are here to minister in our lives. We look forward to that ministry today, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you have ever had someone say to you, would you just be quiet? How many of you have ever heard that, okay? How many of you have ever said to someone, would you just be quiet, okay? So, um, you know, people talk. Most of the time, people talk to be heard. Sometimes they just love hearing themselves talk. Have you ever known people that they just love to hear themselves talk? But 
we talk in order to be heard. And if you have something that you think is worth saying, you want someone to give it an ear. You want someone to to listen to it. Words are are very interesting, and communication is very challenging. Um, in in marriage, a person can say one thing, and the other person can hear something entirely different. That's why in our home builders class and in our marriage um, counseling, we say it's really good to say, this is what I heard you say. Is that what you said? And you think that sounds very elementary when it comes to communication, but we often hear something different than what they said, or they think they're saying one thing and that message doesn't come across to us. So communication can be very challenging, and it all revolves just around words. I find it fascinating that God identified His Son as the Word. In the beginning was the Word. Why was He identified as the Word? Because God is seeking to communicate something to mankind. A Word is meaningless if it never reaches anyone, if no one ever hears it. But God said, that in the beginning was the Word. And it is a miracle that we understand that God spoke. Think of it. From the end of the Old Testament until the time that God spoke, There were 400 years of silence where God did not speak. To put that in perspective, our nation is 240 years old. So the length of our nation plus 160 years, there had been silence where God was not speaking. I mean, you think of that that time span. There, there never was a prophet that stood up and said, Thus saith the Lord. There never was a, a scroll read off. Here is a message from God. There was silence from God for 400 years. And then we find that God breaks that silence with the sending of His Word. The sending of His Son. It means a lot when someone of higher stature speaks to you. I, I've heard um, old-timers from Hy-Vee that worked in the warehouse would say that um, Dwight Vredenberg, the founder, would, um, would speak to the workers and and often would call them by name. And he didn't call them names. He called them by name, okay? 
And because he knew them. And, and why would they still talk about that? Because it meant something to them. This was the owner that, that stopped in the warehouse and spoke with me and talked with me. We're not talking about the owner of a business. We're talking about God himself at Christmas time spoke to us. And, and we want to look today at the word, what it tells us about the word, the speaking of God from John chapter 1. First of all, you notice that the word, Jesus Christ, is eternal. In the beginning, so we go back to the beginning, and the Word was already there. That means the Word was eternal. In the beginning was the Word. You might say, well, where are you, where are you getting this that the Word is Jesus Christ? Um, if you didn't get it, as we read the first 14 verses, it bears it out that John came to bear witness of the light of the Word and In verse 14, we'll look at it more. The Word was made flesh. That's Jesus Christ. So, first of all, you notice the Word, Jesus Christ, is eternal. You go clear to the very beginning, and what was already there was God. And Jesus Christ is God. He is eternal. He did not begin... When he was born in Bethlehem, he existed forever as God, and God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit are eternal, and Jesus Christ, God the Word, is eternal. So what we're, we're, what we're talking about here is not just someone of higher stature we're talking about, we're fallible, we're limited, we're all going to come to an end of ourselves, but we're talking about the eternal one. So it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Right there, verse 1, the deity of Jesus Christ The eternalness of Jesus Christ. The same was in the beginning with God. Then notice what it tells us in verse 3. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. So this Word that God sent, Jesus Christ, is eternal, and He is the Creator. It's very important that we understand this. All things were made by Him, And without him was not anything made that was made. God is the creator. Jesus Christ was there with him as one. When God said, let us make man in our image, the us is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. So think of it. This that God created... As the eternal being, he then ministers in this creation by doing something that is um, 
nearly incomprehensible, which we, we read in verse 14. And the Word was made flesh. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. This eternal being, this creator that created us, now took upon himself flesh and blood like you and I, and he dwelt among us. He, this is, this is God, not the owner visiting the warehouse. This is God entering into his creation, and the word dwelt means to pitch a tent, to tabernacle, to come alongside of, to be a neighbor to. I mean, there, there's so much involved in this, um, and dwelt among us. This is what we're celebrating. God came down to be my neighbor. God came down to take upon himself the form of a man so that he is uh, touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He knows every detail of our life. And, and he came down and he pitched his tent. He tabernacled. It is used in the Old Testament of the tabernacle where God dwelt with his people in the wilderness. John, in using this term, does not mean by this term that Jesus' humanity was temporary, but rather that his stay on earth was temporary. By using the word tabernacle, that's the word that is used, dwelt there, he tabernacled, that he came to us and he showed to us, as the tabernacle did in the Old Testament, the glory of God. It is Emmanuel, God with us. In the Bible, three kinds of people lived in tents. Shepherds, sojourners, and soldiers. They lived in tents because they never stayed in one place very long. Jesus tabernacled, or he pitched his tent the tent of his humanity for 33 years on earth because he too came as a shepherd. He came as a sojourner, a visitor from heaven, and he came as the captain of our salvation to defeat the devil once and for all. Jesus was God's rescue mission for the human race. He came on a mission from God and he tabernacled and he, he pitched his tent and he dwelled with us. And when his time was up and his job was completed, he took the tent of his human flesh and he rejoined his father in heaven. So it's God coming alongside of us. What we're celebrating, and and it's all throughout the Christmas story. We don't think of John as the Christmas story, but in it, he's he's bringing it out, and he says, the Word was made flesh, that's the Christmas story, and he dwelt among us. I mean, there is no no room for us to be 
down on Christmas. This is God coming to me. This is God entering into my world. What would your world be like today if you did not have a relationship with God? What we're celebrating, this is God bringing his glory into this world, making it possible for God to dwell within me and me to have fellowship with him. And this is what we're celebrating. And he dwelt among us. The word was made flesh and he dwelt among us, not afar off. And then it says, and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father. It doesn't mean he was necessarily, it's not limited to the aspect, I should say, that he was the only son. The, The original word that is used here is more than just, the one and only, it it means the unique one without an equal, single and alone in its excellence and matchlessness. It didn't mean he was the only son. It meant much more. And when it was used in the context John is saying, they understood this is the unique one. This is the one that is matchless. There is no one like this one. There is no equal to this one. He is born of a virgin. He is God in the flesh. So he says, he came. The word was spoken. The word was brought to us. He dwelt among us as he was made flesh. And we beheld his glory, and then notice the phrase, full of grace and truth. Can you imagine if verse 14 read, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of law and judgment. Can you imagine If that's what he came for. But it says he dwelt, he he made, was made flesh, and he dwelt among us, and we saw his glory. What was the glory of Jesus Christ? He was full of grace and truth. If Jesus Christ had come full of law and judgment, there would be no hope for anyone. We would all be lost and condemned in our sin, but he came full of grace and truth. Grace is the generosity of love. Grace is love giving itself. The greatest evidence of grace in the Bible is contained in the Christmas story. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten, his, his uniquely matchless Son. That's grace. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. His grace offers love and compassion to guilty sinners, 
and his truth, full of grace and truth. His truth warns of God's judgment to come if sinners do not repent. His truth warns that that there is sin, that sin bears a penalty. His grace says that Jesus Christ paid the penalty. That statement, full of grace and truth. It is only by believing the truth of God that we can experience the grace of God and His forgiveness. And since Jesus is full of grace, you and I can come to Him and know that He will welcome us Because he is full of truth and you can trust his promises and he is full of grace that welcomes us. And this is, this is what we're celebrating at Christmas. The word, he was speaking, he had a message. The word was made flesh. That babe was made flesh and he tabernacled. He he pitched his tent in our neighborhood, in our world, and we saw his glory. They saw his glory throughout his life. And what were the two characteristics? He was full of grace and truth. And because he is full of grace and truth today, we rest in the truth of the blood of Jesus Christ that forgives our sins, the grace of God. And the reality of that requires in our life a response. God spoke. He sent this message of His Word, His Son, Jesus Christ. And this message is vitally important to the entire world. But everyone in this world must respond, and we respond in many different ways. Some have not heard the word. The heavens declare the glory of God, but there are people that have not heard of Jesus Christ. I think we'd probably be amazed how many people, even here in southern Iowa, do not know Jesus Christ other than a curse word. Honestly, you'd be amazed how many people really do not know the Christmas account. They don't understand why Jesus came. That's our responsibility. But God sending the word Jesus Christ Because it is given, because it is spoken, because it is his life, it requires a response. Some have not heard. Some do not understand. We read in in John 1 and verse 5, the light shined in the darkness and the darkness didn't comprehend it. There were people that did not understand and they still do not understand Still people today that do not understand why Jesus Christ came. They they have no clue on why he came. They do not understand. It's foreign to them. It's like hearing a foreign language and understanding nothing about it. 
There are others that their response is that they ignore it. They, they've heard of Jesus Christ. They understand, but it's made no difference in their life. They, they, you know they heard it, that you know they're aware of it. They understand why Jesus Christ came, but they ignore it. They're focused on something else. I visited with individuals, and clearly, uh, clearly they understood the gospel. They understood, I am a sinner. They understood only Jesus Christ can pay the penalty for my sin. And yet, they chose to ignore it. They, some verbalized that I've got too much living to do to, to go that route. And they ignored it. They were focused on something else. Something else was a higher priority to them than this. There are others then that misunderstood. They understand Jesus' life, but as the disciples, they hear the word, but then they make the wrong application. The disciples thought, the Messiah has come. He's going to set up his kingdom here. Yes, we'll do away with all the the vile, wicked Roman rule, and, and our Messiah is here. And they misunderstood. There's many today that, that think Jesus came just to be an example, to be a teacher or a healer or a prophet. They don't understand that Jesus Christ came to be the Savior. That we needed saving. There are others that didn't just ignore or misunderstood. They blatantly rejected they heard, they understood, and they rejected. Romans 1 says, Who, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, but became vain in their imaginations. They, they blatantly said no. Some ignore it and say maybe later, but others just blatantly reject it. No, Jesus Christ has no part of my life He is not going to be a part of my life. I have nothing to do with him. But verse 12 of chapter 1 says, There are others that welcomed him. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. You understand In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh. Because of that, because of Christmas, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. He was full of grace and truth. And now every human being must decide, what am I going to do with this message from God? The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory. We've been presented with this truth and grace of Jesus Christ. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. 
Have you personally received Jesus Christ? It's not how much you know about him. It's not you can win the Christmas trivia about the Christmas story. You know all the details. No, has there personally been a time where you said, God, I am a sinner and I receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of my sin? The message of the word sent forth requires a response. A response to the grace and truth. The Bible is the word in the written form. Someone said if the Bible were made into a person, it would be Jesus Christ. And it's true. He is the word. And... Honestly, our attitude toward the Word is our attitude toward God. But if you're here today and you say, you know what, I don't know that I have personally, there's been a time in my life that I personally received Jesus Christ, then you don't know the grace of God. But you can know the grace of God today. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. But as many as received him, to them God gives the power to become the sons of God, to be adopted into his family. And once we're adopted into his family, we understand that he came with grace and truth, then our life should reflect grace and truth. Does your brand, if you please, of Christianity, is it a brand of grace and truth? It is a, is it a, is it a generosity of love in how you deal with people younger or older? Or maybe in your estimation, lesser or greater than you? When we really come back and think about, and I just challenge you this week to think about verse 14. And the Word was made flesh, and He tabernacled. He he pitched His tent with us so that we could see His glory. That's what we read about in, in the Gospels, the glory of God. And we could see His glory. And what is the glorious nature of God, He's full of grace and truth. And if He's my Father, then my life should be full of grace and truth. And how I deal with that obstinate worker, and how I deal with a rebellious child, and how I deal with conflict in the home, am I Full of grace and truth. See, what we're celebrating here is after 400 years of silence, God spoke. And the Word was made flesh, and it wasn't far, far away. He dwelt in human form. He dwelt among us, and we saw His glory He was full of grace, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. 
He was full of grace and truth. That's what we're celebrating. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would come to know the greatness of the Word was made flesh. And that you took upon our nature. You took flesh and blood to dwell among us. You were tempted in all points like as we are, yet you were without sin. And Lord, that every aspect of your life was full of grace and truth. Lord, what a perfect blend. And I thank you today that you are still full of grace and truth. Lord, I would pray if there is one person here today who has never personally received Jesus Christ, I pray today would be the day that they personally call unto you for the forgiveness of sin. Then, Lord, I pray for every believer here. I pray that we would have a hungering for your word and that our life would be full of grace and truth. That wherever we go, that we would be dispensers of grace and truth. That we would be dispensers of you. And Lord, that your great sacrifice of love would not be in vain in our lives, but would be used to bring others to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together.